This is Zone 1 Digest, and as Monty Python famously said, and now for something completely different. That's something being Community Profile, Zone 1 Radio's flagship show, talking to people making a difference in central London. And this time it's the return of the London ambassadors who toiled away to make the 2012 Olympics what it was. And some of them have some interesting things to say about recent volunteer events to say the least. I'll let them speak for themselves, so over to Community Profile we go. I'm Marvin Nero. And I'm Alexander Spinelli. And this is Community Profile your weekly conversation with people making a difference in London's community on Zone One Radio, the community radio station for central London. And we're here for a one-off Team London Ambassador special. This morning, the Mayor of London told Matthew, Spinelli and me to report to St Pancras Station by 7.45. We were there to witness the return of the Team London Ambassadors, the 8,000 volunteers who welcomed visitors to London during the Olympics. First, Matthew spoke to the Mayor's new volunteering advisor, Veronica Wadley. Good to see you. Oh, it's a bit early for me. You look a lot more glamorous than I do. Well, I think you look very glamorous too. Oh, thank you very much. Um, congratulations on your new job, first of all. Can you tell us exactly what your role is going to be? Um, my role uh, is senior advisor to the Mayor of London, and um, I will be responsible for ensuring that there is a fantastic legacy for London. My title is uh, senior advisor. Team London Volunteering Charities and Sponsorship. That's a long title. That's going to be a big piece of headed note. <laughs> but the most important thing at the moment is to make sure that there is a legacy, Olympic legacy for London. In terms of volunteering in particular, now you've got the Team London Ambassadors here this morning. Can you give us a little bit of a... They're all very happy in the background. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on who they are, what they do, and why they're here at St Pancras this morning? Yes, well, as you know, there were originally 8,000 London Ambassadors uh, during the Olympics, and we asked all of them to see if they would be interested in being part of the Olympic legacy for volunteering. And we had thousands of emails. They really, they're really keen to sign up and to be part of what we're doing. So today is the first day of uh, a series of events and um, at London tourist venues where you'll be seeing the, the Team London Ambassadors coming back to be that fantastic welcoming smile and to be part of London and the future of London. Um, it's a great day for London, it really is. Great day for London, and also uh, Zone 1 Radio, obviously uh, Mayor of London-funded, Team London-funded uh, uh, community radio station for Central London. Not only because we work with a team of volunteers, but because we have uh, we promote the professional, social and therapeutic benefits of volunteering. Um, what are you going to do on a wider, what do you intend to do, sort of looking broader across the Olympic volunteering legacy? Uh, obviously Team London ambassadors, there's 8,000 of them, but what's Team London going to become? Well, Team London will be an incredible force in London. I'm absolutely confident of that. We have already lined up, um, apart from the two weeks during the half-time holiday, to be at Eurostar. To be, we will be at Wembley uh, for the big NFL uh, game. To sing "God Save the Queen," just one verse for you guys. But you can check me on my Facebook page, which is Zita Fleur. Which Zita is Z Y T A and a fleur in French, like a flower. So Zita Fleur. Check me on my Facebook page. I love you guys. Hello, Louis Walsh. Hello, X Factor. I love you. Yeah. God save our gracious Queen, lonely. Oh, no. 
queen, God save the queen. You're listening to Zone 1 Digest, and that was Community Profile, hosted by Marvin Neuro and Alexander Spinelli this time, who I assume hijacked the show from regular host Matthew Layton just to make him jealous that he didn't get on Digest this week. Well, he did briefly there, but in a very minor role. But I'll get off that before I end up getting the lawyers involved. Anyway, so next up we have more from Zoe Cunningham of the London Art Show, and in this edition she went to Laughing Cows, an all-female comedy night in Charing Cross, whose purpose is to demolish the very stupid notion that women aren't funny. Over to you, London Arts. I'm here with Maureen Younger, the compare for the evening. Maureen, when and why did Laughing Cows start? Um, it started in 1998 uh, with Hazel O'Keefe, and she just... She, I remember she asked the promoter why there's only ever one woman on the bill normally. And he went, we can't have to take the risk of having more than one woman. And she thought it was a ridiculous thing to say. So she decided to run an all-female comedy night. We've been going strong ever since. So that's a really long history. Yeah, and we've got clubs now all over the place. I'm launching one in Leicester in November. We've got one in London, Birmingham, Manchester, Swadlicott, Glossop, Liverpool, Preston, Birmingham, Stockport. And I've also got one in Berlin that I do on an ad hoc basis. Amazing. Mm. So obviously things have changed a bit since then. Have women got funnier? I think women were always funny. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, uh, and who's single? Who's single here? Who's in denial? Because uh, <laughs> if you're really feeling depressed about being single, go and stay with a friend who's been in a long-term relationship for years. He don't have to cheer you up. Right, so... <laughs> So my next question was, why should everyone come to watch? But I think you've answered that already. <laughs> it's a good night. And it's good, good value for money. Being Scottish, I appreciate things like that. Do you think that women in the audience appreciate it more, having a, a Yeah, because I think sometimes there's definitely a trend among some, comedi- some comedy clubs you'll see where it's quite misogynist. And I think particularly we get a lot of older women coming and uh, obviously we attract a lot because it's an all-female lineup. a lot of, uh, we have like a good mix of gay and straight in the audience. And they don't want to listen to some, young, some guy, young guy being misogynist for 20 minutes and have, pay, and have paid for the privilege. So they actually know this is a safe environment that people, they're not going to be, have to listen to rape jokes or beating up women jokes or women are, ter- you know, women are awful jokes and all this. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a nice relief, I think, for some women to come here. And I think we often we get people who wouldn't normally go to a normal comedy night, they'll come to Laughing Cows. So, VG. Hello. Hello, what's your background? Um, my background is, um, I'm a writer, and, uh, but I write sort of quite humorous fiction. So I've been sort of doing that for sort of 20 odd years. I'm a semi-retired lesbian. <laughs> but I'm very willing to come out of retirement. <laughs> How long have you been performing for then? Uh, about three years. I started in my 60th year. 
In the summer last year, I had a, a flyer through the door from Bannatine's gym, um, and there was a picture on the front of a really glamorous young woman in a bikini holding a large beach ball. And it said, get that beach perfect body. And I thought, yes, I'll get that beach perfect body. And I, I leant out to get the phone, and then I thought, hang on Val, if you get that beach perfect body, what about your head? <laughs> Isn't your face going to look rather incongruous? <laughs> They've got to offer the whole package, haven't they? It's really a waste of time. <laughs> Do you ever think, because you're saying that obviously you're judging your own material on the reaction you get from the audience, yeah. but do you sometimes get an audience where you think, do you know what, I was really bloody funny and they just didn't have a good enough sense of humour? I have had an audience like that in Eastbourne. Do you think that's fair? Do you think there are com comedians out there who, you know, all of their audiences not had the right sense of humour? I think everybody probably has, has had that happen to them, sort of more than once. You, you know, you go down really well at lots of places and then you absolutely, you know, there's just silence or um, talking, which is even worse. I mean, on one occasion it was my fault. I just ruined a perfect good audience, but um, I've never done that material since. <laughs> what was the topic? Well, they were all very happy, and then I came on talking about my husband as a transvestite. Um, and uh, the sympathy was with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> this is Zone One Digest, the best of Central London's community radio station, Zone One Radio. And next up, we have a clip stolen from In Good Taste, the food show, who seem to be becoming regulars on this show. This week, Angel Dutt visits Pistachio Rose, a boutique bakery in London specialising in chocolate and sweets with an Indian twist. Facebook.com slash Rekha, can you tell me what today's launch event for Pistachio Rose is all about? Absolutely. So today's event is to celebrate the start of Chocolate Week. Quite frankly, why not? It's also to celebrate the second phase of products launching in Fortnum and Mason. And really to give a little preview, a little taster of the high chai um, pop-up Indian tea banquet experiences that I'm going to be launching from the end of this month. I've been quite happily eating my way around your exquisite range of cakes, biscuits and all your goodies at tonight's launch. But what is the core range of products that you'll be serving at your high teas, or as you call them, high chais? So the range of products is going to be everything that Pistachio Res stands for, which is elegant baking, delicately balanced and quintessentially Indian. So um, we've got Indo-French uh, delicacies like madeleines, uh, but spiced with Indian flavours like pistachio, rose and cardamom. We've got our range of elegant chocolate tarts, again with prominent flavours like salted milk chocolate with a hint of chilli and nutmeg. I also do sweet naan so warm chocolate naan topped with pistachio nuts going to be served with a warm chai spice dipping sauce so really uh, i like to call it indianized churros um, just something a little bit fun a bit different we've got something called the bollywood blondie so it's probably the closest thing to a traditional sweet but as usual it's got a little modern twist on it and uh, our spiced indian shortbread hearts what was the inspiration behind the range that you created at pistachio rose I have a very sweet tooth and having grown up eating a lot of traditional Indian sweets, which I love, as time's gone on, I've kind of really found that 
the sweetness is overpowering the flavour. Um, and I think that that's a common experience, especially if you're not used to eating such uh, high sugar content. And so I really wanted to show people that Indian flavours could be delicate at heart. Uh, and what I've done is taken inspiration from things that I've eaten and enjoyed growing up and put them into a much lighter format. Since we are in chocolate week, I thought I'd ask you this. How hard has it been to find the right kinds of chocolate to mix with Indian spice blends? That's a really great question. Um, when I first started this, I ended up having probably 10 to 12 different chocolate varieties of just dark and then another 10 milk and a few white chocolate as well because it was really important for me to, to source good quality chocolate. Unfortunately, I've not yet found a brand of Indian chocolate that's being exported that's good enough to use. But anybody out there that's thinking about it, please let me know if you do. But I, I was looking at a lot of single estate chocolates and they're very pure they're very spicy in themselves so actually uh, what I didn't want to do was have the chocolate itself be so pure that it was overpowering the spice flavour and I think I found eventually through a lot of tasting the right balance of blending something like a Belgian which is very smooth and very mellow with these single estates so I can find the right harmony and balance out that spice. This is Zone One Radio. That's about all we have time for on this edition of Zone 1 Digest, the best of Central London's community radio station. And make sure to keep up with all of Zone 1 Radio's great content on zone1radio.com. Zone1radio.com.